Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. train and the big show Kane Randy Orton Mark Henry The Animal Batista Rated R Superstar Edge The Streak. Greetings, Grapple fans, and welcome to week three of our road to WrestleMania. Woo, WrestleMania, baby. (laughs) (laughs) We still need a rage party. Yes, we do. Just not at midnight. (laughs) (laughs) No. I don't have enough energy drinks to get me through this. Oh, no one does. No. <laughs> so, yes, welcome to week three. I am, of course, your host, Coxie, joined once again by the baddest man, the baddest man, the baddest man in professional wrestling, Science Heal Delivered, your boy and mine, a dazzler amongst men. <laughs> Barrel of the story, don't meet your heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when they're called Dick Fate. It's Billy the Boy Bunkle. How are we doing? I'm surprised Bunkle's not upset after that statement because he had two heroes. Now he has none. And you know, he always has a Lex Express. This is true. Okay, maybe he has one left. <laughs> and the other voice you can hear, he is a man. Who is half, half a, a man. man? Oh, on time this time. Yeah. It's Paul, the fat guy, Flinders. It is. It's me. It's me. It's TFG. I'm not the flaming grill no more. <laughs> you could call me the, the slimming world to the TSW. Why not? I have a tuxedo to fit into. The, the, sli- the slim woman. The slim woman, yes. The slim yes. woman. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently well, it's International Women's Day when we're uh, recording this, so. And it's 2019, so I can assume whatever gender I like. Yep. It, it, it technically it's not because it's the day after International Women's Day now. Oh yeah, by five minutes. Oh, we fucked that up. So it is. So fuck it. 
Ah, well. So, <laughs> she's like, we could cut it in post. He won't. No, he won't. He, just, he won't. He, he won't. He's, cook, he's like Cookson, he just doesn't edit. <laughs> Have fair, faith. Cookson edits everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going by a statement he said on air once. <laughs> <laughs> Have have faith in my ability. It's not it's not a lack of ability. It's a lack of work ethic. <laughs> no, that's me. <laughs> that's me. Don't don't judge my work ethic. Uncle Uncle, why do you think I record as live? Well, <laughs> it means no editing. <laughs> I'm giving the secrets away, aren't I? Here. Yeah, you just. <laughs> Shit, shitting on the magic. <laughs> ah, well. So, of course, on part three, we're going to take you through from number 11 to number 16. Yeah, fairly mixed bag, this lot. It's, it's not. It's like a fucking packet of meat. You get 20 quid off Andy the Meat Man. <laughs> it's, all, it's all the same shit, and then there's like one good bit. Well, yeah. To be fair, it's not quite as good as the last five that we did, but it's not bad. Is the way I looked at it. It's certainly it not starts, one to five. No, it's not one to five bad. Come on. Well, we'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> so, first of all, we're going to journey back to Mar- the 30th of March 2003 in Seattle, Washington, to WrestleMania 19. It's A Train and the Big Show in a handicap match against The Undertaker. Yeah, which is the only handicap match Taker has at WrestleMania, and also the last Mania is Badass Taker. Oh. Yeah, which is, this is also meant to be a, a tag team match originally, wasn't it? It was. Yes. Um, it was, because his tag team partner was supposed to be Nathan Jones, but they basically, you know, were scared shitless that he was green as goose shit going into WrestleMania, and you thought, fuck it, we'll take him out on heat. Yeah, to be fair, it was it was quite annoying because they spent a lot of time bigging him up. Mm. Oh, I, I understand why they did because they did it for the, the it's the size, isn't it? It's the size of the absolutely. guy. Absolutely, but oh, they, yeah. yeah, but you, you know you know you it, things are bad when you're outsmarted by fucking Nunzio. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of like a you know a promo package sort of thing, sort of replay of earlier what happened in the night on Heat. And you see Nunzio walking out the changing rooms, and well, it, there's a couple of other guys there. It was, it was, it was the, it was the whole FBI, wasn't it? It was, but it was Nunzio that got him to follow him, yeah. sort of things. So, yeah, okay, so yeah, you don't look great now, mate. Um, yeah. Nathan Jones gets jumped by some jobbers and actually gets his ass kicked. What? He's supposed yeah. to be the Undertaker's tag team partner. God damn it! Player. So, so, yeah, and it's also the placement in the card as well. Basically, Taker was almost curtain jerking. He was only beaten to it by Matt Hardy <laughs> and Rey Mysterio. Doesn't it happen a couple more times, I think, in this uh, segment? Possibly. Like, uh, the streak matches. I'm sure there's other, other matches where he's on early as well. Mm, I think this is possibly um, around about the time when probably Taker was part, possibly the lowest on the card in his career at this point. Arguably. So. so. Um, but yes, we, first of all, we have uh, the Fink. It introduces WWE's 
favourite band in the whole world, Limp Bizkit. Well, everyone knows they... how tone-deaf the WWE Universe can be, so... <laughs> well, they, they chime in with Rolling, that, uh, which plays for a fair while. It does. Uh, ew, it goes on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tega comes out pretty much at the end of the song. Yeah. yeah. So it's like they have a concert and then he pretty much just comes... He may as well come out to his own music. Which is at that... Well, so to be fair, it is his own music. At the time, that was a stupid statement, but <laughs> you get what I mean. <laughs> yeah, you mean you mean the the the, the bells and whatever. What the bells, is it? Organ. Organ. The yeah. organ. Aye, but fuck it. Um, just... Yeah. Yeah. Shit. And well, the less say, the less we say about the big show and Albert, the better, because I have no idea how they became a tag team, why they were a tag team, why yeah. I should care. Well, this is it. <laughs> Evidently, no one cared because when Big Show and A Train came out, it was fucking crickets. Yeah, absolute crickets. No one gave a fuck about this match. They gave a fuck about C Taker. They gave yeah. a fuck about his entrance. After that. Crickets, absolute crickets. Can you blame them? I mean, there's the big slow who is one of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen in my life and needs to apologize for his entire career. And Albert, who, well, other than shave your back chances, never done anything in this business and never drew a dime anywhere. No, not in WWE at least, anyway, but still. Um. Yeah, I, I, I'm struggling to, because of the, they were all trying to push tra- a trade at this point, weren't they? they were, like he had a bit just recently had a gimmick trade change from Albert to a train, and I never got the I never got the. I mean, obviously, I didn't watch WWE back then, but obviously, I've gone back and I've watched a few bits and bobs, um, and. I've never got the A train hype. I never. It's it's just another ra- another generic big man. It, he was just another generic big man. They just mm. it, it's it's interesting to see how they because like in the last couple of pay per views with the flare match and the Triple H match, he's been rel- take has been relatively high up the card, working with slightly smaller guys. That, well, smaller guys compared to him especially, and seems to have pulled out like some really good matches. Mm. And then, now he's fallen down the card a bit, it's like, uh, what do we do with him? Oh, just put him against two big guys. This is it. It's, just like just, it's, 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 got it's to... going back to WrestleMania, the first, his first WrestleMania, well, well, second, let's say, where it's, oh, well, face this guy because he's taller than you. Yeah, you know it's, what just, I mean? it's, it's just an excuse to get him on the card. Yeah, go back to, you know, oh, well, it's impressive because they're bigger than him. No, it's not. No, it's... size doesn't automatically mean you're an underdog. In WWE sense, it does, but yeah, you don't get you don't tend to get a a, a jobber who's big unless your name's um, Titus O'Neil. <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, it's, it, it's they, like like we've said on pod, well I've said on pod, you know, Vince McMahon has a massive erection for he big wrestlers. And that's gonna—he's—that's just gonna carry on till the day he dies. So, 
we're not shocked about this. No, no, I don't know. I know we shouldn't be shocked by it, but, but it was just, it was just one of them. It was quite interesting that he falls down the card and it's like, uh, we don't, you know, we don't know what to do. Let's just put him against bigger guys and call him an underdog again. Yeah, which Taker is never an underdog. No. Never. But, yeah, going into the match, um, they tried to double-cross him at the beginning and fails. Uh, yeah, Big Show tried a sneak attack and it fails because he's too too big to sneak up on anyone. Yeah, he just, it's, yeah. And El, you, this is why you don't have it's, elephant stress in ninjas. It doesn't it's work. A, it's akin to... Um, <laughs> What was that? Was it last year, year before there was a pay per view where Kane was doing like a running and the camera cuts round to like the one the announce table and Kane's there sort of hunched over waiting oh, for his cue? Yeah, yeah. Oh no. It was it was it not the rumble where he uh, eliminates somebody from? He was already been eliminated, but then he eliminates somebody else by dragging him over the top rope. I can't remember which one it was. Everybody went mental about it. It it was that, but I, I thought it was an actual match where we had meant to have done like a running. Oh, he I just know. he was just sort of there, and everyone's like, he that shouldn't have been seen. <laughs> yeah. Like, so. Um. Yeah. So sneak attacks. A train takes a choke slam. Uh. The events they get down at the whole tag team format because it's a two on one. I was gonna say that choke slam goes for a two count and show has to save the match that's like 10 yeah. seconds in just remember this by the way you just said it goes <laughs> it, it goes to a regular tag team match just remember that when we get to something later on yeah because there's a massive problem with this match huge problem and it's not the big chopper ones no it's not it's um... a huge problem so take a count as a choke slam into a Fujiwara. Yeah. Um, then randomly applies an arm bar as well, which looked really weird. Yeah. Well, you don't, you don't. You, <clears throat> Taker's always looked weird doing submissions to me. It's a guy that size, you know. It, well, how, how late did it take him to? introduce the you know the hell's gate that actually kind of fits but that doesn't come along until like what are we are now we're on 19 now so the time when it actually oh, so... i think it's edge isn't it yeah yeah 20 so that's 24 so we're still four years away from the hell's gate making in you know an appearance so it kind of fits his character in a way just well, the name itself, but it's it's some it's some some it just looks it's a bullshit move. We know that, but mm. in a way, because of the way it's applied, it makes sense. Whereas you don't see Taker as some sort of MMA style. I'm gonna put you in a fucking Fujiwara armbar kind of like wrestler. You see him as a striker, as a power move wrestler, as an agile wrestler. Not a submission specialist. I say, it's even, I mean, at this time where he's the American badass, I'd, he's a brawler, really. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a basically a big version of Steve Austin. Yeah. That's the this, way that I see him. 
it was around this point when he started, well, about a year, a year or so earlier when he started doing the whole, like, the dragon sleep and all that sort of thing as well. Yeah, so. the dragon sleeper, that was never one for me either, really. So he, does it, he does it to Arne Anderson. He does it to Arne Anderson uh, in the Flair feud. But, again, like, I don't know, it just, Taker doing submissions just doesn't look right. He should, you know, I know every now and again, against Cold Steve Austin would break out the Million Dollar Dream, but he was trained by the Million Dollar Man. Yeah. You know, so it kept, well, at least in, in storyline. So that made sense. Taker pulling out submissions is because, oh, well, Taker decided that he wanted to do it this match. Mm. It's like, it, it's almost like somebody went to him, hey, you know, old school, where you, you know, work the arm. You ever notice that you never do any other move to the arm in any <laughs> match you're ever in? <laughs> Oh, shit, yeah, that doesn't really fit psychology, does it? No, it, it doesn't. Why do you do it, you dumbass? Mm. And he went, yeah, you know what? Armbar, bitches. Armbar. <laughs> Thousand moves of doom. How many moves my armbars? 800. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Taker basically copies um, the first part of Jericho's move of Zoom, so... And then we'll somehow end up in a an abdominal stretch war. Ugh. Why? Ugh. Yeah, abdominal stretch. That move that completely breaks kayfabe. Yeah. <laughs> it's just meh. I'm not. Like I said, I'm not. I do not think this match at all. No, I didn't. I mean, there was a nice huge clothesline for A Train, but other than that. There's not a lot to go on here. Like, it, it's paint by numbers mm. with, with odd rest holds. And, like, like doing the abdominal stretch, it's odd for guys this big to be doing that. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather forget how long the match needs to go. Yeah. Take all your rest holds, pop them off, make the match two minutes shorter. And have the comeback spot as an actual comeback spot, like fighting back out of a corner or something. You yeah. know what I mean? The idea is to try and get the crowd into it a bit more. But the crowd does not give a shit about the Big Show and Albert. They could not care less who these jabronis are. You yeah, know, I They agree. are there to see Taker come out and kick some ass. Let's have a nice five minutes. Taker beats the piss out of them. And then pins Albert and we go home happy. Absolutely, but no, you, you've got to have um, all this like shit and, uh, and slaps and things like that. One yeah. thing I will mention, uh, A-Train shouts, you're no big dog. To which Cole mentions his yard. So obviously, you know, the take, Taker eventually comes up with a catchphrase of, this is his yard, sort of thing. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like the first mention of that. I thought it's... A horrible way of sort of like yeah trying yeah. to put that over yeah I did it did not enjoy no the thing the thing is the thing with the whole it's my yard gimmick like it really it it suited the American badass taker I like to say oh it's my yard or whatever yeah when you see a guy who's supposed to be an undead creature going. It's my yard. Well, well, 
you know, technically, are we, do we believe you're alive? Do we believe you're not? Do we believe you have magic powers? Do we believe you don't? It's like, and you're calling something a yard. It's like, mm, you're supposed to kind of be above, like, here's my garden. You know what I mean? It's my garden. I built this fence. All oh, right, thanks. <laughs> this is my graveyard. No, I, I even I don't I don't even mind like now Roman Reigns does the whole it's my yard. Yeah, fine, because he's the big dog. Yeah, that that's fine. I wouldn't be shocked if he had pissed in the ring at one point. Fine, I get it. Dogs do that; they piss all over the yard. <laughs> Fucking works. That's it what works. the crowd. So that's what the crowd did to this match. Let's be honest. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Pissed all over it. So, uh, yeah, getting back on track. Uh, a train hits a bicycle kick. Uh, show hits a choke slam, and then Nathan Jones runs in. Runs from, in like Leroy Jenkins. Well, he runs in like bloody Charles Robinson, if anything. <laughs> well. <laughs> It's like that. It's that bit in uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail where you see the guy coming from a distance, and it's like the the drums, like, and he doesn't get any closer. Or it's just keeps cutting back to the two guards. You say, and the guy's still running, but he's not not gotten any any closer. <laughs> and it happens about happens about four or five times, and the, the two guards are there. He just runs past, stabs one of them, and the other one just goes, "Hey!" as he runs past. <laughs> That's pretty much that's the distance we're going for here. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it was a very it was a very long ramp, and it's. And what be funny the about from the time because let's be honest, Big Show is not a small man. No. He is a rather tall gentleman, so he would have seen Nathan Jones possibly coming from the ramp, and if that was the case, you would get take her up quick as you can, show stopper the bitch, and free count him. Before Nathan Jones gets anywhere near the fucking ring. Yep. Yep. But no. This does not happen. Because wrestling. <laughs> because Taker don't jump to no bitches. Exactly. <laughs> so Nathan, obviously Nathan Jones comes down, takes out Big Show on his own. You know, Undertaker's been battling this guy for, what, nearly, what, 10 minutes? Big uh... Show... Yeah, then a big boot from Jones to A-Train, which leads into a tombstone for Taker for the three count. Now, this is where I have a big problem with this match. A huge problem with this match, because bear in mind, remember, this is a regular match, tag team rules, handicap match. Mm. I have written down word for word, and I quote, OK, big problem. It's a handicap match, but otherwise normal rules. So why is this not a disqualification when Nathan Jones attacks not only Big Show, but A-Train in front of the fucking ref? 100% agree. <laughs> because booking. Yeah. So in, theory, booking. so in theory, this should be the first loss for The Undertaker <laughs> at WrestleMania, yeah. thanks to green as goose shit Nathan Jones. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's frustrating because... With the, with these things, it's it's like wrestling has the has these it has rules and it has rules for a reason to give the match a structure. And not only that, sports have rules, and we're supposed to be watching yeah. a folk sport, so you know you're supposed to have some sort of code of conduct. Yeah, but 
at any point, WWE can just go, oh, yeah, no, I'm just ignoring the rules this time. I'm sorry. Just oh, tell no, no, us no. you're going to ignore the rules. Oh, no, no. Referee's discretion, remember. Yeah, but yeah. referee's discretion. Bullshit. <laughs> it's, like when, it's like when they lose and then they point at the Titantron to show that the tights were being pulled and then they say, oh, no, no, we're, we're restarting the match from now. Bullshit. Bullshit. Shut up, you whiny bitch of a face. You are no longer a face because you're whining about it like a bitch. Like you're a heel. heel. Like it's a more, heel. It's more the fact with that that's when they do stuff like that, it's very selective on, on when it happens. It's like oh, yeah. it's it's also like the thirty day um, title defense. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It has to be defended at every thirty days, and it only sort of comes in when they want it to. The rebound clause is another one. Yeah, well, yeah. They've, they've scrapped the rematch clause now. Yeah, but it used to be a big thing like where, you know, oh, we must have rematch because it, it serves us the storyline. But if someone's getting released and needs to drop the tile, oh, where's your rematch? Oh. Yeah, but oh. I mean... Yeah. But I no. mean, like, um, like with Lesnar, someone pointed out, like, uh, sort of it Bray Wyatt or someone, like, oh, they have to defend their title within 30 days. And then, of course... Like, we went two, three, four months without a defence from Lesnar, and everyone's sort yeah. of saying, well, where's his like, whole clause on his 30-day title defence or whatever? And he's like, oh, well, Les- Lesnar's a special case. Right. And he's like, no, you just, you've not thought about it properly. No. Right. Yeah, it's a load of shit, basically, what we're saying. Yeah, it is. It's bullshit. It is bullshit. To so... Yeah. It's... <laughs> This match was awful. Awful. Boring. Yeah, it wasn't great. It was not great. <laughs> Just fucking well, boring. Paid by numbers crap. I could have seen that on SmackDown. I could have seen it on Sunday Night Heat. You could have seen that like, ECW December to Dismember. Well, Taker hits the tombstone and gets the win and puts it at 11-0 in 9 minutes and 42. Yay. It felt longer. It did feel longer, a lot longer than that. Um, I've given it. I, I, I say out of caskets, so I've given it a one. I gave it zero point five. Jesus, I mean, it was I, better. I, it was better than Gonzalez. It was better than Snooker. But... Snooker got a zero, and Gonzalez got a minus five. So mm. <laughs> I, I, I'm on. <laughs> I'm inclined. I'm inclined to go for half as well. Oh, okay. It just, it was just... They, the believability was lost on this match. Absolutely. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah we're, we're going to put Taker in a handicap match at WrestleMania because, you know, he's 10 and 0. But we're going to put him against Big Show and A Train. Yeah. Yeah, he's not losing that match, is he? No. So I just put, like I say, the match itself, because I was expecting the drizzling shit. I mean, like, really bad, like, like snooker level yeah, shite. Yeah. And it wasn't that bad. It was. It was bad. It was bad. If Toto did Africa, but used diarrhea instead of rain, like, that, <laughs> okay. that's the level okay. we're going for here. Okay, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Right. I blasted uh, diarrhea down in Africa. The pace at times was okay. At times, might I add. The pace when... 
But at the, at the beginning, when A Train and Taker were going right. a bit back and forth, it was okay, and it's then they I mean. quickly settled into rest hold mode. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm getting at. And then it went off a fucking cliff where the, Joe's interference was botched. Yeah. Um, and it fucked the whole rest of the match for me. Um, yeah. And the aftertaste was fucking awful. It, it yeah. just... Yeah, there was, there's nothing special. There's nothing... There's n- there is. It was... It was a throwaway WrestleMania yeah. match, and it's yeah. not even memorable. There's nothing. It's not. It was it's, just an excuse to advance the streak. If anything, this is the most throwaway WrestleMania match that Undertaker ever had. And that's even more so than Gonzalez. Because Gonzalez at least has a disqualification finish, which makes it unique, so you possibly want to go and see that. This, it's oh, not the quality's be- a little bit better than Gonzalez, but it's not memorable. It's not. It's not. You could go to ways that are out of good to watch the streak. Which match can watches can I um, not bother watching if you got if you if you're restricted on time or something like that. This would be one of them. Yeah, definitely. This would be one that you'd skip at nine minutes. Mm. This would be one you skip. The, the, the one intro was would... better, and that were it. Yeah, the one thing you would say maybe about the Gonzalez taking match again is it's the first time he faces somebody bigger than him. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. Oh, he's super limited, and well, more than super <laughs> limited, he's fucking god awful and a disgrace to this business. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it's it's one of them. It's just don't watch it, skip it. Yeah, don't bother. Yeah, don't bother. There's 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 other things that you can watch. There's more entertaining street matches. If you want some taker, watch something else. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't watch it. It's less painful than a knife to the bollocks. Just don't do it. <laughs> watching watch single-handedly crush Mohammed Hassan's career at the Great American Batch. No, wait. So, yeah. Well, moving swiftly on, we're going to jump forward to the 14th of March 2004 in uh, New York City for WrestleMania 20. It's the Undertaker versus Kane. Two. Yeah, it's the second yeah. Kane match. Um, now, in the first episode, I said there was a certain point, like the certain match, where the match wasn't important at all. The match did not matter. This was the one I'm talking about. This is the match I'm talking about. <laughs> The match, um, the match was secondary. This was stupid. This was so stupid. Well, first of all, we've got the, it's the return of the dead man. It is. Uh, yeah, after, cause, after cause Kane killed him. Yeah, after burying Taker at Survivor Series the yeah. year before. That's um, right. Taker's entrance takes forever. Oh, and he's got Bearer back with him. Yeah, yeah he has Bearer back. Again, this makes no sense because Paul Bearer is Kane's manager. No, he, he he did the whole like, oh well, the Undertaker betrayed me, blah blah blah. So I brought you back your brother Kane, and then he's Kane's manager. No, but now he's managing Taker against Kane. Wait, what? Why? 
wrestling. Yeah, I think they were just going for like a WrestleMania 14 feel. Yeah, that's like yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I will say, the promo actually wasn't that bad. You know, recapping the storyline as shit as it is. Yeah, the storyline's crap, but the, the, I, I know what you mean. They did it. They did a. They did a reasonable job of. Well, they did a good job of explanation, and I suppose a reasonable job of putting it over. But yeah, retell, like, retelling six months of storyline. It's not. Yeah. It's they did a reason. Uh, yeah, they did a good. I think they did a good job of retelling it personally, but I don't know if I'd be generous. Well. I suppose you, you, they did. They did do a good job. The problem is that it's still not believable. It pushes the boundaries of kayfabe so so hard. But the Undertaker's character from this point on does that. So well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So Taker's back from the uh, supposed dead, which is why yeah. he's now the dead man. Again. Yeah. May I also point out this is. Um, Kane comes out first without his mask. And my I add, maskless Kane is shit. Yes. <laughs> that was the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes they made in wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they took his mask off him. And yeah, it, was, he, yeah, it just took all the mystique out of the character for me. Yeah. He's supposed to be this burnt and scarred wrestler. But when he got unmasked by RVD, he had a bit of black face paint. And that was about yeah. it. And then a couple of weeks later, he had nothing. Yeah, it was... It's, ama- it's amazing how third-degree birds could wash off in the shower, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, it was just... It was so poorly done, and they just randomly did it on an episode of Raw as well. It was just like, shit. Another like, throwaway. I, yeah, Why? a throwaway. It like, but it's, that's a throwaway of like a 10-year gimmick. Yeah, it's supposed to be a momentous, a momentous occasion that of like yeah. aiming on mass. You know, it ended up just being a load of shite. Uh, you know, I think it just got more daft by the fact they had him put the mask back on and had the fa- the fake hair to go with it. Yeah. yeah. Down the line. Yeah, and the and the mask the mask has always seems to have got worse since the very beginning, and like Kate since Kane's kind of got older. Like in the beginning when he came in, it was this unkillable, unstoppable monster, and it took three tombstones to put him down, and he still kicked out right at the end. This is it. The mask now, the modern mask for Kane, it just seems like it's moulded to actually look like, you know, actually look like the guy wearing it underneath. It's almost like, do you remember when um, in TNA where Sting had a mask on and it was another Sting mask? It's almost like that. It's like the face itself is actually, it's just, just a, it's molded to be exactly the same as, you know, Glenn Jacobs' face. It's just painted red. <laughs> he yeah, may as well yeah. wear face paint. Yeah, I'm not keen on the new mask. I think when, it might not be this one, it might have been the one, the one kind of before it. I seem to, I seem to remember it, like, looking like it had, like, like pipes coming out of it and stuff. I might be thinking of something completely different, but I seem to remember it looking a little bit more. Oh, like I almost want to say like dark. You know, like now it's just like oh, it's Kane. He's got a mask on. It looks pretty shit. You know, but yeah, this unmasked Kane just mm-hmm. looks crap. 
And what you've got to remember is the remasking of Kane brought brought about corporate Kane, and that was even worse. Oh, so... God. <laughs> and that in turn brought us corporate Baron Corbin. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm... there's reasons why I don't watch today's product. That is one of them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, jumping into the match, uh, Taker pretty much dominates. Oh, you can't yeah. forget right at the beginning, Kane shouting, you're not real. You're not I, real. I and and trying to touch him. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's the audible when Kane is on, like, getting some offense in. And he shouts, you shouldn't have come back. <laughs> yeah. And I had to wind it back, going, where the fuck said that? And he's like, oh, Kane said it. That was weird. So what I did what I, what I did like about this in the build-up before the actual anyone touched was... Um, Take Kane selling the disbelief. I really enjoyed it. Oh, it was good. It was good character work and psychology on Kane's part. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's it's, pu- it's... it's pushing p- kayfabe. Yeah. To a degree, yeah. You yeah. know, you have to suspend your disbelief to what to to you know somewhat to enjoy wrestling. Mm. Yeah. And it. there are limits to that. Did you, a anyone... man who magically can come back from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know. Well, did anyone else notice the similarities to um, the uh, Jimmy Snooker match, where he basically was no selling absolutely everything. Taker was yeah. just no selling everything. I think it. So it was just that thing for this match, really, because he'd been away for. Five six months, months, five yeah. six months, whatever, and then he's had time to pretty much like reinvent himself as the dead man and all that sort of thing. So it's mm. it's like when he, when he first comes in, it's got you got to have that that factor. At yeah. The end of the day with it, really, uh, yeah. he did he did similar when he debuted as the American Badass at Judgment Day two thousand or whatever it was. Um, he pretty much like it, it takes a bit of offense, but he pretty much no sells a lot of shit. Right. Yeah. So, so there's not too much that actually happens in this match. I mean, Kane gets a bit it's... of shit in. Taker gets a lot of shit in. In a very brief amount of time. Yeah. It's very much. I found it very much sort of going through the motions. Yeah, yeah I agree. It was. Um, like they've the mystique of Kane, like being this invincible monster. Yeah, they pretty much wiped their ass with Kane to get the so, new gimmick of Undertaker over. Yeah, they did. I mean, like, there's there's a there's a bit where they they make the same old mistake, you know. I mean, the getting toward I mean, getting towards the end, really. You know, they're both going for a choke slam. Kane gets the choke slam, which is Kane's finisher. The Tombstone's not his finisher. The choke slam is. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've established this over the years. Starts chatting shit to Paul Bearer, and then is surprised when Taker sits up. I'm sorry, what? Isn't that what Jake Roberts did? Exactly, exactly. It's like, I'm sorry, but you, he's supposed to be his brother. He's supposed, he quite clearly knows he's almost impossible to beat or kill or pin or whatever the fuck he wants to do. Since he buried him alive six months ago and he's come back to life. Yeah. 
at the end of the day, you've hit a choke slam on him and you think he's down. Are you seriously going to sit there and chat shit to Paul Bearer or are you going to pin the fucker? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's stupid. And then, I literally, but take a sits up, clothesline, choke slam to Kane, tombstone, free, boring. Yes. That's it. Boring. Mm. But like I say, this match was less about the match. It was more of the reintroduction of The Undertaker. I get that, I get that mm. idea, and I get that you want to reintroduce him, but is that worth just completely fucking over a WrestleMania match to do? At the end of the day, you could have been reintroduced him and had a decent match between these two, especially if you hadn't have already shit all over Kane for the past mm. 10 years. The time of year, though, I think the only place you could have actually... You know, effectively reintroduce the Undertaker in a dead man game. It would be at, say, Royal Rumble, where you know it could, Kane possibly could be in the last two, and Undertaker comes from under the ring or something like that, costs Kane the match somehow. Yeah, um, but doesn't doesn't even come out from under the ring. You know, like does what Kane used to do and pulls him through the ring. Well, there's that, yeah. Like he's dragging him back down to hell, which would fit their gimmicks. Mm. Which I think happened in the promo package, didn't it? Uh, I think he comes up through the, like, bursted through the ring. I can't remember mm. him um, pulling him in. I'm not sure. Something happened through the he, ring anyway. He pulls he pulls Diesel in at one point in a cage match. Mm. Uh, Mid-90s, I think. Other than that, I can't remember. This is um, it. So yeah, this is like bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Uh, Taker uh, sits up, does some of his signature stuff, and then gets the tombstone in 7.45. Yeah, I've not rated this match at all. So you're giving it it zero? I've given it an unrateable. (laughs) Because, like I say, the match itself was subservient to the storyline. Yeah, yeah, um, I know what you mean. It The whole thing was there to reintroduce The Undertaker. Um, it may as well have been a segment for all it's worth. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like I say, I've not rated the match. That being said, I did enjoy it because Kane's like selling of the disbelief of Kate Undertaker coming back despite what he'd done to him. Yeah. I think it was really good work in that respect. The reaction in the ring was a load of shite, don't get me wrong, but the actual, like say, the Undertaker coming back, the way it was sold... Yeah, I, th- I think it was done really well. Um, I agree with you that I mean the the storyline was like it is what it is. Yeah, take about take is buried, disappears for six months, just then reappears at Mania, and then his new old gimmick. Um, but how they played off with Kane acting shocked and that was well done. Um, yeah. Even like the the fact he's taken entering takes nearly six minutes. 
I'm doing a gun motion on camera so the guys. But yeah. You might you might see this on YouTube if I upload it on there later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, the match itself. It would have been if it was like the Mania 14 style match rather than just this. Um, it's like you knew Taker was going over because of the the massive comeback that it was built up to be and all that sort of thing. No doubt about it. Um, but the match could have been better. Yeah. Yeah, I can't can't argue with that. They both can go, especially at this point in 2004, and again, for like, we had, we went from Ric Flair to A-Train the Big Show to this. Yeah. It's like a sort of almost sliding scale which doesn't really pick up until even still like another couple of matches, another another three, four matches for me, really. All right. So, um, I wouldn't go that far, but we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. But so, no, there we go. It... Um, rating, I'll give it a, a 1.5. Like I say, I've not rated it. I think it was just as bad as A Training Big Show. I cared just as much. It was just throw away. In ring, it was. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a bit conflicted. Do I give it a rating? Because if I did, then if I'm combining the match that I saw with the selling prior to the match, I would give it possibly a one and a half. I'd actually rate it better than the Big Show match. As a total package. Yeah. In ring, in ring, it's it's a point five. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You know, Kane does a do- Kane does a good job, but so I I do understand what you're saying with that, but I, I can't I can't I, in ring action I can't give it any more than a zero point five. That's fair. That's fair. So. Yeah. Um, uh, up next, we're going to travel to the 3rd of April 2005 in Los Angeles, California. It's the legend killer Randy Orton versus The Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, this was the first time Undertaker was like billed in a match that was specifically designed to end the streak. So, and also it's the event where the streak was finally acknowledged as the streak. Mm. Um, this is this is also Raw versus SmackDown. Yeah, it's an interpromotional match apparently, or interbrand match, whatever they however they build it. Interbrand, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think the term they were using at the time was cross-brand. Yeah, cross-branded so, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It was like like you say as well. It was in the middle of the Randy Orton Legend Killer match, so it made sense that Randy Orton would go for Undertaker at WrestleMania if he's going to end the streak. He's mm. ending two things in one in one go. Um, what they also do in the promo as well is they make a really good job of developing the Undertaker's character. Of like WrestleMania is now part of Undertaker's gimmick. Yeah, and. As the years go on, you notice that more and more and more. 
to the point where it gets basically is his entire character post um, Shawn Michaels too. So yeah. it's it's well yeah they, they, like I said they do start to acknowledge it more year and year and year but it's this one I noticed that it's actually they made a conscious effort to let you know that under that the takers an integral part of WrestleMania and WrestleMania is an integral part of the Undertaker. Yeah. Well, Taker still has a sort of semi. What's the word? They keep the kayfabe alive as he glides to the ring. Yeah, he didn't glide. No, he didn't glide. Bullshit. Well, in, in kayfabe. Yeah, I suppose. Just give me one second. Yeah. I'm going he to needs... move the hamster. What that means is he's uh, going for a wee. <laughs> he is, is that... literally. He is he moving is... a hamster. He is literally moving a hamster. And that hutch, that cage is pretty special. <laughs> it looks like a circus. So, um... I would live in that. I'm short enough I may actually fit in it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Orton comes out and the the weirdest thing about this, first of all, is it's the old Orton. So there's less tattoos than the old theme. Yeah, which, which is I really prefer. weird. I prefer the old theme. I think it fits in better. What was it? Uh, Burning My Light or whatever it was called. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and then there's something mentioned about legends. I don't know if you picked up on this, but apparently they list they list Rob Van Dam as a legend at this point in 2005. I'm like, are you sure? Because uh, obviously, you know, they're going by the legend killer gimmick and they're rattling off right, the guys, just, the yeah. guys, the guys that ran the Orton's like knocked off and. In that bracket of legends of the names that they bring out, like you know, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and things like that, Rob Van Dam in 2005. Uh, I, I I didn't think Rob was Rob Van Dam was in that in that league yet in 2005. I wouldn't have said so. No, so I was a little bit confused by that. <laughs> From the heart of the races to, to the Ricky Steamboats to the Rob Van Dams. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind that shit. Here comes Mungo. <laughs> yeah, there was. I, I was like, yeah, Cole, you, you're chatting shit, mate. Yeah, yeah, you're cracking. Um, yeah, you're cracking shit with shit. So getting into the match, uh, Taker stalks Orton. And Orton's trying to avoid getting cornered and just chooses to slap take in the face. I quite yeah. like that. Yeah, Showing well, a bit of disrespect, isn't it? Yeah. It fits into his character as well as the Legend Killer. Because yeah. the Legend Killer gimmick is basically he just does not respect char- you know, people that have been in the ring before him. Mm. And that fits it perfectly. Absolutely, perfectly. But Taker also gets to give us basically a bit of disrespect of his own 
So I've written in my notes literally as Taker says, fuck off to an RKO by dumping Gorton to the outside. <laughs> that literally is at the fuck off spot, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah. He literally, like, he goes for the RKO, and I think, I think he just literally just pushes him over the top rope. Yeah, he does, yeah. <laughs> like, just fuck off. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Taker goes to the, the leg drop, the apron leg drop. Yeah, which is stable. Uh, yeah. Then gets him back inside and goes for old school. Yeah. <laughs> and there. Uh... But then we have to see Orton in the corner. Take Taker goes for a leg drop, misses, and, sh- and straddles the turnbuckle. Goes along the apron where Orton drop kicks Taker and Taker smashes into the barricade head first. This is the point where Taker starts taking bigger bumps as well. I think he, I think he's he's having to bump more. Yeah, yeah, he's having because people aren't buying it. That's no. to me, you know, he's he feels like he's got a he's got to put a bit more of a show on. Yeah, you know, I agree. And... It's that it's that thing really. There's only Especially at this point when he's what uh, thirteen and oh. Yeah. Yeah. And he can't really there's like there needs to be some believability, like he can't just be no selling everything. Yeah. Especially as he's as he's getting to opponents like Randy Orton and Edge and Batiste that are coming mm-hmm. up. Um, these matches get longer, so if you're no selling everything it's gonna be shit. Yeah. Why yeah. why would why would the audience stay like stay attached to the thing, like watching or whatever. They just tune out. Yeah, yeah. they wouldn't. They wouldn't be invested. Fuck it. Fuck it. I won't get a beer. I'll go and have a piss or whatever. Like. Yeah. yeah you, you know. It. You know. You know. Taker's gonna no sell for twenty five minutes. But fuck it. I'll go for a piss and get a hot dog. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah, it's it's one of them. It is. It is. You know. He had he had to start making it look like there was a chance he'd lose, because mm. it, you know otherwise, like you say, nobody gives a shit. You know? it, it, so go on, mate. I was just saying it's it's like in sports. If you're you know any team, if you're watching the same team win over and over and over again, it becomes boring, and you can't you can't root for them. Do you know no, what I mean? You end you end up you end up supporting other teams just because you want that team to lose. Yep. Yep, absolutely. But also when you think about it as well, when you're talking about the the obviously Taker's got to sell in this match, the whole build and storyline for this match relies on that because the match is basically built is at Randy Orton going to end the streak. Yeah, you yeah. can't you can't sell that storyline if Taker doesn't sell. If he's, Taker doesn't take, any, if there's no near falls where Taker's on the receiving end, you're not going to think, oh well, the streak's in danger here. Yeah, he needs to sell. He needs to give Orton something. Otherwise, the, the storyline is just a, it's just pissed up against the wall. Yeah. To be fair, this is to to me this is the match when he should have. The streak should have ended. They should have hit 13 and 0. 13 is an unlucky number, uh, you know, in superstition. Mm. And to me, this is where I think 
I quite I really enjoyed the Legend Killer gimmick for Randy Orton. I thought it was it made a lot of sense. Even when like he had Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase Jr. is his like entourage support, whatever you want to call them. I think it fit. Just you know, they were, they were all you know second generation or whatever it is, third generation. You know, it just seemed to it, it seemed like a good stable. It seemed like it could go relatively far. And I thought, you know, he was, he's really good at playing that character. Like Randy Orton now is almost as boring as John Cena. You know what I mean? Okay, oh, yeah. I've, I've seen it's, it. This is the reason, the reason why we call him Randy Borton. Yeah. It's been the same gimmick. This is the problem with people nowadays. They're having the same gimmick for too long. Yeah, they are. There's nothing fresh about Randy Orton. No. Right? Oh man, but the one time they did try and make him a bit more fresh when they had him join the Wyatt family, they fucking panicked and thought, oh no, fuck it, he just turned on him, he was playing him the whole time. All yeah. right. That was decent as well. It was good, yeah, but that was what I mean, it was a good change, and then they just thought, oh no, fuck it. Oh, wonderful. Fucking brilliant. And he's back to being boring again. Yeah, I hear voices in my head, they tell me no sell. Yeah. They tell they t- me st- stupid. They tell me another headlock, Randy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, where are we up to? Take it as this set up. And then starts, they start getting a bit sloppy with stuff. Yeah, I noticed that they, um, ran, they basically ran head on into each other at one point, which looked like a, a fucking miscommunication in the match. Mm. Um, take a lock in a dragon sleeper, and no one seems bothered. Nope, no one fucking dared. Uh, bit of a double down spot. Uh, power slam gets a two count, and then Orton copying Triple H decides to go for the ten punch in the corner, which leads to the last ride. Yep, which gets counted. Yeah, counted ref bump. Second counter. Uh, Cowboy Bob runs down to use the cast. Only gets two. Yep. Uh, takes a boot. And as Taz mentions multiple times while he's on commentary, oh, he hit the goozle. The goozle. Ugh. Yeah, I, I hate that put, word. I put literally take a six up and I put in brackets, you're fuck now. Because <laughs> you know for a fact, as soon as he sits up, that's it. It's no cell central. Yeah. Except at this point, um, Orton whips Taker towards Bob Orton, which is on the apron, but nails Bob with a big boot. So he nails. So Bob Orton's now out of the picture. Yeah. Yeah. So then Taker then goes for a choke slam on Randy Orton, which is counted into the RKO. Which was cool. Which was fucking amazing. It was really cool. Really good. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I did. Um, that only gets two, but I think I think the crowd were ready for that as the finish. Yeah, yeah, the, they should have the been crowd. the finish. That the was um, there was, was a lot. Of, there was a meaty pop, wasn't it? There was a lot of stuff going around around that time of uh, what's his name, 
like on the dirt sheets and that they say, oh yeah, Taker's gonna be the one that he's gonna be like he's gonna lose to Orton at uh, at Mania uh, twenty twenty one, oh. and Orton's gonna be the one to take the streak and stuff. Um, so I guess that's it. Suckered people in a way, but it should have been the end. <laughs> it would it would have been it would have been a good place because Randy Orton was still an up and comer at this point, and it would have made sense to put a future top guy over. Yeah, yeah, that's what so, I mean. At the, at the end of this, at, at this point, you, I mean, you, you can carry on the feud if you wanted to, mm. you know, like after this, do backlash and whatever. But Randy mm. Orton going over here makes. Randy Orton a superstar. It does. Mm. And I'm not saying that he isn't a superstar now, mm. but this makes him John Cena level superstar, whereas now he is never going to be above what he is. This yeah. is it. But here's he the is. thing as here's the thing as well. You've got, if he had gone over here with the quality of match, because let's we I don't think we've really talked about the match and how what quality it was. The actual match was good. Oh yeah, it was I really it was, good. I think it's really good. It's, I re- I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed yeah. the build. I enjoyed. The, I really enjoyed the match. Yeah, the match had good pace to it. There was good action to it. It was a good story told. Where obviously you know, Taker could you know many a time nearly lost the streak. Yeah, it, this, it's. This was the first true time when Randy Orton hits that RKO for two. That was. The first time I genuinely thought Street could be over. Obviously, you know, I know now that it wouldn't. But when I see, I remember seeing that at the time and thinking, "It's fucking done it." Mm. Yeah. And then it was, and then you know, and it's it creates that roller coaster that I mean we've we've not really had since you know Triple H at seventeen really. Well, I was going to say, it's um, on close, because we, we can finish the match, the Orton goes for Tombstone. Yeah. And then it's counted into a normal, like, Taker's Tombstone, which yeah. goes straight into a three count. Yeah, so he, he, he probably watched WrestleMania 17, but then must have missed the end. <laughs> because it's, it's the, the same finish, and he gets, Taker gets the win at 14 minutes, 14 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny you say that because I've got I've got my summary written down. It says I put up I've put fucking great match match at everything and probably on par with Triple H at seventeen. Yeah. Made Orton look like a star and very strong. Great action and told the fantastic story of a young upstart thinking they're the next big thing, trying to take down and prove themselves it's the old guard. Loved it. I feel as well that the name being given to the Undertaker's unbeaten run that. That is now being recognised on the same level as a title. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Arguably a world title. So. I'd say, yeah, it's it's coming to the point where it gets it gets seen as more important than the SmackDown world title easily. Mm. It's mm. Cer- it's certainly getting some recognition now as some of something of worth. Yeah. Um. At this point, I don't know because it's possibly me thinking back and just thinking, "Oh, they've mentioned it now. It's now, now this is the point where it's actually worth it, similar to a title." Maybe back then it was like, "Oh, it's it's it's, it's a nice feather to have in your cap." Maybe, 
But I don't know. Like I say, the significance at the time of not—it's probably lost on me because I didn't watch it as it happened. But it's definitely a notable thing now, at least. So, especially now they bring it up because it, from this point on, it, it gets brought up every year. So yeah, it's you know it's definitely worth. It's got some some value. Yeah. So yeah, I I really I can say I enjoyed this match. It was full of action, nice story told. Um, I would have to give it three and a quarter, I'd say three and three quarters. See, I. I've 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 gone with the same score, but I, I, can I can I do quarter caskets? <laughs> I'm like I'm like can I bring myself to do that, or do I just give it a four because I, I it's hard because I don't enjoy I don't enjoy this version of the Undertaker as much as I did the badass version, mm. which we got at seventeen. Yeah, that's fair. You know, so I think that's the that's the only thing that mean that doesn't put it on par with seventeen for me. I think I just think that it was so good and it was the perfect opportunity to end it. And I, I just think I think they blew it, if I'm honest, not ending it here. I think they made a serious fuck up. It would it, it would have been like I say, we would have got into it. It'd have been a logical place to drop yeah. the street because it would have put us someone over and it was at the end it was at the been the back end of a good match. Yeah. It would have made sense. It's on the highest stage of them all. Yeah. As well. So it it, it would it would have been a good place to end it. But it would have been you know, that would have been a very short build for us, so True, true. Um It wasn't bad. Coxie didn't, didn't like this match. I didn't, no, but I don't like Randy Orton, so um, I've I think, just always I found him boring from the start. Like, uh, uh, I suppose that, that could happen with wrestler with certain wrestlers, though. You know, it happens to all of us. Um, it doesn't really help. It they've it this it picked up a bit here, if, like going from the uh, the Kane rematch to this. Uh, this is definitely a lot better, but I just didn't enjoy it as a match. Yeah. Um, and it just seemed a bit daft. Like we've had the the finish for me. Like they have the whole goes to ten points to the corner to the last ride, but then Orton counters, but then tries to go for a tombstone, which gets counted. Right. So you think he should have learnt not to go for his not to go through. One of the Undertaker's moves, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I can see right. that. So, I'll give it a two and a half. Yeah, harsh. I think it's a bit harsh, but like I say, if you don't, if you, it's like, if you don't like Randy Orton, then, yeah. Yeah, you're I not going to enjoy why, this I'm match. I can see why you're not going to enjoy this match, because it, at this point, Randy Orton's got his, his moves are down, his moves are set. You know what I mean? Yes, he's going to throw some headlocks in there. 
you know, you're going to get a nice drop kick to go with it. So yeah. I'm a fan of uh, nice drop kicks. Uh, I will admit his scoop slam pretty meaty. Oh yeah, yeah, the little quick power slam. Yeah. Yeah, I quite like that myself. <laughs> but other than that, nothing of value. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we'll jump forward to the second of April two thousand six. It's to Rosemont, Illinois. It's WrestleMania twenty two with a casket match. It's Mark Henry versus The Undertaker. Yeah. Um, the first and only time a casket match was used at WrestleMania, which is surprising because well, it did the Taker's gimmick. Yeah. And according to my research, instead of the a, a rumored angle Taker we went to get, uh, that I think it got teased at the Rumble this year, we got this instead. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They did do Taker angle a month earlier. Um. But surely they could have done this on like SmackDown or Velocity yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. The, again, we've run into a big problem here in that they could have done something much better at this point in time. Like the under, like you just said, mentioned, the Undertaker Kurt Angle could have put on a fantastic match. You could have been, you could have been looking at you know, one of the true classics that you have to go and watch. I think yeah. it could have ended up putting on bullshit. But I'm guessing at WrestleMania, they likely would have put on a really, really good, really entertaining match. And it would have been quite believable that Kurt Angle, being an Olympic gold medalist, could end the streak. Instead, we get this fat blamange motherfucker yeah. who immediately you know, has no chance on this earth of ending the streak. Are you you referring to Mark Henry's... Generic. The network version that I watched has the super generic theme and Mark Henry a super generic singlet, which again makes him look like a broken condom with limbs. Yeah. He looks like he's he's, he's stolen Christ's gear. (laughs) (laughs) It's not so much that. It's like he seems to be in that phase of like where WWE is like, well, we have nothing for you, but we need you because you're on a 10 year contract, so we can't get rid of you, but we don't want you to sit at home and pay well, you, so we want you to be in doing some work. Yeah, here, the, the, well, this is this is the this is the again, it's it's a throwaway match to get Taker on the card so we can say the streaks continued, yeah, and it's evident to everybody including mark henry that there there is no way he has a chance he doesn't even have a sliver of a chance no and you know mark henry's had two two decent runs in his career and they were both right at the fucking end it took him that long to get not green and not fucking retarded I can I can pretty much sum this this match up uh, in very few words. It's shit. No, it's pretty much the case of the, the entire match is pretty much smoz. Uh, what's the word? Small smoz. 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 I can't say it. <laughs> smoz. 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 I can't smoz. Smoz. There we go. There you go. 
fucking hell. Yeah. So that word, um, bit of the whole tease in the casket, nothing happens. Henry goes for a 10 punch, which gets countered. Fucking is it why? Awful? Is it a 10 punch into the world's worst last ride was? I meant something daft. Yeah, yeah. because literally doing that just just to do that spot which has been done again it's been done before but for someone Henry's size it doesn't work no because the last ride he never gets anybody above what 250 actually up yeah so but I just wanted to point out if we, if we were going that fast through it <laughs> yeah there was nothing that really happened in the match that's the thing it was oh, actually there's one point where um Mark Henry hits the world's strongest slam and goes for a pin at WrestleMania in a casket match, you fucking moron. Fuck's sake. Yeah. He doesn't even know what match he's in. The green, green grass of home. So, Taker goes for the trademark dive outside over the casket. Tombstone and Henry goes in no drama. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Other other than Taken nearly killing himself with that suicide dive, and the uh, utter idiocy of Mark Henry, this match is garbage. Yeah, I'd say my summary. I put not the best street match, but it's there. It's, it's, it's akin to Burt Reynolds playing Jerry Fireball Mudflap. <laughs> I play Jerry Fireball Mudflap. It's garbage. Pure <laughs> garbage. <Yeah. laughs> yes. But I did also put it's better than Gonzalez, at least. No, it, it isn't. Um, it is, it is. There's it actually is. wrestling in this. It, is, it did make Henry look strong, but for memory, didn't really do anything for him overall in his career. As a close, as close to a throwaway match as you're gonna get for the streak. But with Gonzalez, he was at least a semi-credible threat, threat because he had chloroform and he was like <laughs> a foot, he was a foot <laughs> and a foot taller. Henry comes out. <laughs> Gonzalez is an improvement because he's got chloroform. <laughs> Fucking... This guy is better because he has a rape kit. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't mean it like that. Wow. It's like, fucking... Uh, fucking oh, fuck you. <laughs> the problem I have this match is, Henry walks out, plain black singlet, like, uh, bullshit, like, generic music. Not at all looking confidently. Yeah, I'm gonna win. Yeah, like, but Gonzalez just... Gonzalez comes out with potential date rape. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to quote Morats, he looks like a date rapist. <laughs> but it did come out nearly. It did come out looking naked. Let's be fair. Oh my god. Oh, oh. put arse hair in his fucking costume. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> It could be worse. They could have put a Pringles can there. <laughs> just, just, just out, just stuck it on with duct tape. So, um, yeah, Taker gets the win in nine twenty-six. That was nine minutes. 
Nine minutes, 26. That was painful. Yeah, it was painful. Yeah, it's got... Just for the fact it had something slightly unique in it, I gave it an extra half a point. But even that, that was like 1.25. I gave it one star for the pure hilarity of Mark Henry trying to pin someone in a casket (laughs) match. Oh, dear. Half. So you did score it better than Gonzalez. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm... five and a half stars. God, could you imagine the star rate? Could you imagine the, the casket rating for this match if uh, if he came out with some rehypnol? Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, it'd be an instant five-star classic. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, there was... This match was crap. Yeah. Actually, actually, you know, having the Rhypnol just yourself and passing out is more entertaining than that match. Yeah. Well, again, if sort of in comparison to the last couple of matches, you had had A-Train Big Show, which was shit, and fucking... uh, Kane 2. Kane 2, yeah. Followed by Orton, which is like the whole legend killer versus legend for the streak, to this. So three out of four matches have been fucking garbage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is oh. it. This is what the struggle is. It's it's like when they have an idea of what they want to do at WrestleMania, when they have an idea for a decent story, the matches come out on the other end are great. When they fucking get to No Mercy two weeks out from WrestleMania and they go, shit, Taker's not got a match. Um, You, you face to Taker for the streak. Mm. We get shit like it, it, this. You say we're very lucky Yoshi Tatsu wasn't around at this point. <clears throat> <laughs> Well, that, but that's that's it. That Mark Henry is that caliber of opponent. Mark Henry is no threat to anybody over the May Young at, at all in his career. Yeah, well, no, but that's it. You know what I mean? He's oh, done been, nothing could, in his it, career. Nothing. It could, it could have been worse. Let's be fair. It could have been fucking Bobby Lashley. Yeah, but no, <laughs> I know what you mean, uh, but. You know, okay, Bobby Lashley is a milky brew. Yeah. But Mark Henry is a brew where the tea bag is split and you now can't drink your brew because it's fucking ruined. <laughs> True. You know what I mean? he, he, he was a very good brew when he was sexual chocolate. At least he was entertaining. Well, yeah, yeah but he was entertaining as comedy relief. Yeah, but that's better, better than what came out for, to fight Taker. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know. Why? So, Why? I think we spoke about this match longer than the actual match. Probably. Yeah, so let's move on. We're going to take you down to the 1st of April 2007 to Detroit, Michigan for WrestleMania 23 for the world title. It's Batista versus The Undertaker. 
with Teddy Long announcing them coming to the ring. And doing a fucking oh. awful job at Exactly. Uh, Why? First of all, the reason this match happens is because Taker enters the Rumble at 30, wins it, and then picks Batista as his opponent. But then, apparently, Batista's not intimidated by Taker. He's prepared to go toe-to-toe with the man himself. So is this yeah. as a result of the, being the Royal Rumble winner, then? Yeah. And essentially following okay on with that. From, essentially following on from Sid not being afraid of the dark. <laughs> it, I'm okay with that. That's fine. I, I, he won the Rumble. Great. Yeah. Yep. Well, we I also... What we also need to remember as well is apparently 82% of the fans picked Taker to win. Yeah, 82% of the fans picked Taker to win. But Batista gets saliva for his entrance, which mm. is quite cool. Uh, and then um, if, saliva, Long... if saliva weren't shit, that would be cool. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. They did some okay stuff. But then I just put out what JBL said on commentary. This match could be ugly. And I've just wrote, foreshadowing much? <laughs> hmm. I, don't, I actually don't think the ma- this match was that bad. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying, uh, to, to, uh, to, to sell me on watching this match, you're telling me it could be That doesn't sell it to me. You know what I mean? Not tell supposed. tell me I'm going to watch a five star classic. Tell no, me this not. could be a, this could be a slobber knocker, or this could be a classic, or this could be really hard hitting. Don't tell me it's ugly. Ugly's yeah. not a nice word. Use you, ugly's uh, uh, you know. How can I put it? Negative. Ugly, ugly, yeah, ugly's a negative. Give me give me a positive sounding word for the match, which could 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 have the same meaning, but it's positive. Intense. Yeah. It could be intense. It could be hard hitting. It yeah. could be, you know, it could be a even a, a, to an extent a brawl. Yeah. Both men are not leaving the same. Yeah. Sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, I get what you mean. All things that would have been better than telling me uh, ugly, because you say ugly, I think shit. You think Great Carly's about to have a match? Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, we've got um, Batista comes out first, obviously, with the belt and has a face reaction. Champ out first. Yeah, champ out first because, you know, Taker's coming out with a longer entrance. It makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, Um, Taker's going to take forever to get out, so. And then Taker has um, an exorcist sort of like inspired entrance. Which was sort of cool. Didn't notice that one. No, I can't say I noticed that. I, it's like the you know, like little doorway in the background and coming from the light sort of thing. Oh, you mean sort of like Poltergeist? Oh, Poltergeist, sorry, I'm getting my references yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that movie. <laughs> don't yeah. go into the light. Yeah, so he's, there was that sort of visual, which was cool. Uh, well, I've got opening bell sounds. Batista from his double legs him straight away. Yeah. Just yeah. Pisses, pisses Taker off. <clears throat> um, 
I've noticed quite early that Batista's trying to play the heel, it seemed. Though he got a face reaction on his way out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he does time to work the heel, doesn't he? Yeah. In this match. I think um, it's the only way he could have really gone, though, with it been Taker. Yeah. Because like, yeah. the... it's that with Taker, isn't it? It's like he would have had to do a lot or nothing to get over. Well, not even nothing. He would have had to do something to get over as a heel. But the fact that he won at the Rumble. Like... Yeah, it kind of makes you a face, doesn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to say um, Undertaker's doing his usual fucking bumping around like a fucking bouncy ball again. Um, but this time he does what I call the um, the Foley spot off the steps. Oh, the, oh, the, knee, the, the, knees. the knee, knee first, the knees. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, straight through the steps. Yeah, sick nap. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't fun. It looked sore. Yeah, there's a reason why Foley can barely walk. <laughs> there's probably a reason why Undertaker can barely walk. Well, yeah, that's true. So, this is probably part of it. Yeah, it, it just don't do knees into metal structures. They're not designed for that. No. You know? Just, yeah, it's... You could do that spot without going near at the steps. You could... You know, you can go over the top and maybe just connect with your hand and just make like a slap noise sort of thing as you go over. Well, yeah, yeah. There are, not, there are nicer ways to do it. I I don't like the whole where they turn their back into it. I, I get that you try and protect yourself a bit, but it looks too, it does look too forced, which is kind of why Mick Foley came up with the, you know, you just get, if you get whipped into it, you get whipped into it type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, take it on the knees because you would. What you could also do though, you could sell it the fact that you put your hands down to protect your knees and you slap it, keep your yeah. knees away from it, and it still looks like you've gone into it with that part of the body. It's just that your hands taking the brunt rather than your your knee. Yeah, there's there's there's, a, there's an argument to be made with for like even that point. Why why if somebody whips you at it, yeah. Why wouldn't you try and not so much stop yourself, but dive into it a bit more and take it out with your shoulder rather than your knees? Mm. Or you could slide tackle it. Yeah, and go in feet first. Yeah, there's different ways that can counter it rather than just go, just smashing off your knees and go, oh, well. Yeah. I didn't like walking anyway. <laughs> um, so, Batista pulls out some top rope moves in this match. Which is quite surprising. He's pulling out the a little bit. For some reason, I've put in my notes the crowd ejaculates when he does it. There's a bit of a pop. Yeah, he gets a shoulder block for two. Yeah. Uh, Taker hits a boot, but Batista pretty much just tells him to fuck off and kills him with a clothesline. Yep. Uh, This is where Taker. Is this this is a bit where Taker does the fighting up from his knees with the punches spot. Yeah, the, really? the best love. pure striker in the WWE. Fuck off. <laughs> it's the yeah, whole that, che- no, that, cheering and booing with each punch in it, like the cheering yeah. and booing yeah. with Batista. So it's what makes um, me sorry, mate. What makes me cringe with that is do they forget about Steve Blackman? Well, <laughs> that, Dan Severin. This is it. You've had and some, like, You know, well, butterbean for that. There you go. I mean. 
you've had, you've had some pro- actual fighters come through the WWE. Ken fucking Shamrock. Ken fucking Shamrock, fuck's sake. You know, Dan Severin was better than Ken Shamrock was. Mm. But, you know, and you're calling him the best pure striker. He's not. And the whole, like, punching from your knees, he can't generate any fucking power doing that. He'd get absolutely battered. And then when he does them, like, them really, really, really quick punches, like, <laughs> oh. it looks like a Street Fighter finishing move. That's how realistically it is. Yeah, it's just <laughs> shit. As, as Taz, Taz would say, as he has a, a wank into an orange sock. Take her, take her with those them soup bones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I tell you, the only person who has more worked punches than fucking Taker is Shane McMahon. He's the only one whose punches look fucking worse. Doing the skipping and ah. Oh! Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, so Taker takes control. Uh, big foot, leg drop. Well, I guess two count. Yeah. Uh, follows up with old school, but Batista then facts out of a choke slam. Goes for the leaping clothesline, but I don't know what happened. Whether they they butted heads or something, I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah, it, that was a bit of a botch. It didn't look right either way. Yeah. Take so Batista taking control. Batista into the steps. Uh, leg drop. And the uh, usual suicide dive. Yeah. This time it doesn't lead. It just leads to more like boring brawling. Brawling, brawling, brawling. Power slam on the announce table. Uh, Ref just seems to have lost control because he just fuck it. Yeah. Giving up counting. <laughs> Back in again. Batista makes the same mistake everyone's made. He's no different. Goes to ten punches. Gets reversed. Because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Only got two, though. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's. It, Batista was pretty bro- blown up by this point. He'd slowed down quite considerably. <laughs> Suck, sucking wind, for sure. Um, Brock Lesnar's style. Yeah. So he's kicked out the last ride at two. Spine Buster. Taker sits up, chokeslam for two, tombstone reversed, spear, Batista bomb, two, second Batista bomb, reversed, power slam, reversed, tombstone three. Yeah. Well, you're forgetting Batista goes for his own tombstone again. Yeah. Oh, God. I've, uh, yeah. Which, which gets countered and gets Taker the win at 15-17. No, it's not because the length of time wasn't too bad on that match. I mean, it didn't feel it felt it felt about the time. You know, you feel like say you watch a five minute match and it felt like ten. Yeah, it actually felt its time. The match itself wasn't that bad. I quite enjoyed this match. I yeah, thought it was better it was better than I expected coming into it. That's for sure. I'm not a Batista fan, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, yeah I'm not. And so I like say I've written little things say decent match, plenty of action, was very fifty fifty for most of the match. Crowd was great, popping for everything and turning on Batista. Enjoyed this match. As Cole says, this is only the second time that Taker had a little match a title match at Mania, which shows how big a match Taker was at this point, and it didn't need a title for the match to feel epic at Mania if Taker was in it. 
the the problem for me with this match and someone like Batista should have really been as he always say like watching the tapes so I can do it where's the, there we go watching the tapes quotation fingers lads yeah and so he should have not done the ten the ten punches to avoid the the counting to the last ride should have not gone for the tombstone which has been counted by however many people now yeah. during the course of the streak. These are things that they should be picking up on and especially the agents and writers, whoever does it, putting putting it together should be going, Yeah, okay, you've got to go do this, but it's been done previously, so Yeah, don't do it. Do it either don't do it or do it better. Yeah. Like Yeah, it it becomes more noticeable when you're looking at it like this. You know, because we are looking at the streets specifically. You're seeing the same things happen WrestleMania after WrestleMania. Mm. You know, every time somebody's going for goes for a tombstone, it gets reversed. Yeah. It's not happening. And even as a storyline point of view, if you want to do that way, you just watch the rest of Evolution over the years get nailed by this. Why would he do the same as that? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. If he's, you know. If you're talking about like the evolution links, okay, Flair didn't try and tombstone him. I'm not shocked by that. Randy Orton did. Triple H did. You're telling me he's not going and watch those matches and sin the fact that, oh, well, every time they've gone for a tombstone, it's been reversed and they've got pinned straight yeah. away after. You know, how about don't do that because there's a chance it's going to get reversed and I'll get pinned. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> uh, that'd be logic yeah but despite that I, I I, mean I put better than expected genuinely didn't mind it felt entertained despite the terrible commentary and I felt like it was a legitimate challenge to the streak to be honest yeah we're, yeah, we're forgetting it was it Cole and JBL on commentary Ugh, drizzling shits yeah just in fact, I don't mind Michael Cole I, 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 I'm one of the few people in the world who does. I think he's okay. I much preferred heel Cole. He was fantastic. But JBL's garbage. For me, it's... I enjoyed this match. Um, it, I've lost my train of thought now. I was going with this. You enjoyed it? Were you going to score it? I wasn't going to score, I was going to follow up on something what he just said then, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, I had a brain, brain fart. I just spoke about shit commentary. No, before JBL that. JBL being a wanker. No, before that. Though it's true. Mm. Be- better than expected. Felt entertained. Legit challenge to the street. That was it. Um, yeah, I don't think it was a legit challenge to the street because it... If anything, this would seem to be more about the belt being on the line. Uh, going off his previous... Uh, like, when he won the belt at Menu 11, was it? When he took on Sid? Yeah, yeah. Uh... So, 11 or 13. No, 13. I think. Well, they did mention the streak in the promo. 13, 13. Yeah. 13, there we go. Yeah, they did mention the streak um, in the promo, so it was sort of like about the, the streak as well, because it said they put this thing, they almost build it as like streak versus streak, like is 
one of the we said one of these are gonna die. It's gonna die tonight. It's gonna be the Undertaker's streak, or the Batista's like streak with the belt. It's the way they almost worded it. So it's you know what the streak was mentioned, but it was like passe. In it, would have been, it would probably would have been more credible to me than Mark Henry. Yeah, I agree. Um, but at the same time, it for me the believability was it was if I'd got into this not knowing who was in the win, who'd won already, I yeah, I don't really put it on Batista anyway. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know, I know what you mean. I know what you're saying. Like it, you. To be fair, I mean, you could you could look at it if they're not going to put it on Randy Orton, who was like, you know, the youngest of the of that group, you know, mm. of that Evolution group, and seemed to have the biggest rocket strapped to his back. Yeah, they're not going to put it on Batista, you know, what the WrestleMania after, mm. you know, a couple of WrestleManias after, you know what I mean? Yeah. By God, we had to get that Mark Henry match in there. <sighs> <laughs> um, rating three, three caskets. I'll go three point five. I will also go three and a half. Yeah, it was all right. So it was out of all the streamers, it's probably up there. Mm. Definitely top ten. Oh, easily top ten. Yeah. Easily, you, you the way this is going, you're gonna have things that are rated one casket in there. <laughs> Fair point. So we're coming to a, almost sort of coming to a conclusion in a way. What I think of the street, but I think we should end it. We'll end that. We'll keep hold of that. I think there's, for there's, now. there's still there's a there's still a fair number of matches to get through in this. Yeah, street, to be honest, and some of the better ones to get through. Yeah, this is it. No spoilers um, there, guys. It's... <laughs> so we're going to jump forward then to our, ne- our next match and the final match on this uh, part of the streak. It's uh, the 30th of March 2008 in Orlando, Florida. The Rated R Superstar. That wrestle is, well, should I say, I'm sorry, I love you. It's WrestleMania 24. The Undertaker versus Edge for the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a promo to begin with. They say showcasing Taker's streak and how Edge is going to break the streak any way he can, as he's an opportunist. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Let's see. I thought the promo package was good. There was just one thing that I would point out in the promo package. Um, Edge, like, is doing like the voiceover, and it says, "I see the impossible and succeed." The video shows him big boot in Funaki. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, w- well, <laughs> it just, it just to me, it was just like, yeah, I see the impossible and succeed, booting Funaki, brilliant, yeah, that's not impossible at all, absolutely not, <laughs> is it? We also, what yeah, like um, mentioned that in this promo as well as Edge was also undefeated at Mania at this point. Yeah. So it's a street versus street match, and officially billed as, which I didn't oh. quite like. Pretty much just to backtrack a bit, um, Taker got this match by winning an elimination chamber at No Way Out. Mm. Um, two weeks later, uh, well, on an episode of, Sm- of uh, SmackDown, Edge predicted he would beat Taker at Mania. 
Two weeks later, he takes on Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder in a handicap match, but loses. Undertaker interferes following week. Um, leads to some stuff with Vicky Guerrero announcing a burial of the Undertaker and the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak. However, um, during the burial, Taker emerged from the casket in the ring, attacks Edge, Hawkins, and Ryder, uh, chokes Simon Edge through the casket. Leading yep. to this match, and that'll be the closest Edge and Zach Edge, not Zach, yeah, Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins get to the main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Ryder did win the US title at Mania. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt and Jerkin. Well, he won a belt. Still won. Hmm. He won a belt. He won a belt, I suppose. Who lost it next night? Uh, but... <laughs> and uh, Taker comes out first this time. As I say, one other thing before the entrances, we had, I don't know if you guys had it, but I had Kim Kardashian show up. Yes, she did. Uh, I, I literally wrote, Kim Kardashian, fuck off and die. Um, <laughs> is exactly I not, what I wrote. <laughs> I, I, I had not started writing my notes at this point, but yes, I, I echo your sentiments. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Edge comes out last, strangely. Um, Champ should always be second. Yeah, that they should. Of course, the high pin, the fact neither man's been pinned at Mania. Um, I noticed Edge also looked really confident in his entrance. He did. He actually looked confident and focused, unlike past competitors. Yeah, I've got well, Edge. Edge comes out as standard. As, as, or Taker comes out looking a little bit ministry, just yeah. a little bit, little bit of the ministry sort of hint to there. But then, if Edge comes out as Sad and brings out Vicky Guerrero, <clears throat> being pushed out by um, Teddy, Teddy Long, Long, and then she basically get Lacey Evans back to the book back. So, yeah, well, I actually quite liked Edge in this match because his his character work and stuff played off really well. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think that both the entrances were really long. I did notice that. Like, yeah, Edge, Edge, Edge's theme looped like three or four times. Yeah. yeah it took so. forever to get to the ring. I think the commentators tried to play it up as like him playing mind games with Taker because normally like Taker's the one with the big long entrance and it's like, oh, you know, it's dead eerie and, you know, you get a bit nervous and, you know, you see this big guy coming down to the ring and, like like Cox was saying, it plays up with Edge's confidence. He's thinking, well, you know what? He's going to try and play this game with me. Fuck it. I'm going to do it to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm I'm the big deal here. You know, I'm the champ. I'm undefeated at WrestleMania just like he is. So what do I have to worry about? You know, why 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 should I be afraid of this guy? Well, is it, uh, like you say, he's also undefeated. So yeah. why should why should that change now? Yeah. So. Um, but I've also put Cole and Jonathan Coachman on comms. Oh. Dot dot dot. Oh fuck. Coachman, Coachman annoyed the living piss out of me. Mm. You see, this is one one thing I am quite glad I'm good at in wrestling. I could ignore the commentary if I want to, and just oh, I wish pay I could attention done. to it. I wish I, I could literally done. switch off commentary. I wish if I could. I... I wish I could have, because he ended up with belters like Cole saying every year Taker adds more and more to his repertoire. 
Does he really, Michael Cole? <laughs> he, he he's constantly evolving his moveset, isn't he? I heard this year he's going to put, he's going to put a Phoenix splash into his match this year if he has one. <laughs> you fucking twat! Yeah. Oh dear. Cole is a drizzling shit. I'm sorry. Heal Michael Cole was brilliant. Bring back the coal mine. No, but this this time the thing is though at this point we're getting clueless Michael fucking Cole. Yeah. It's, it doesn't help. I mean Cole's good when he has somebody that he can like play off a little bit. But like Coachman's shit. Coachman's always been shit. Why do you think he only lasted a couple of months on Raw? <laughs> recently. Well, yeah. Yeah. To be replaced by bleeding, it's um, someone who arguably even worse. Oh, Renee Young. Yeah, she's a drizzling shit. I'm sorry. Yeah, but uh, Coachman was no good on this. He was pissing me off at points. So there was a couple of points I did pick up on some of his own commentary, and it just sort of slipped it left, left my memory. But it was, uh, it was either something really daft or something really like. You noticed it, but then it was like that sort of you're being reminded of noticing it, or like yeah. you should be, you, like you should be noticing it, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's reminding yeah. you of all the shit that you should have noticed. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, if it was worth, if it was noteworthy, we would have spotted it first time. So. But yeah, um, what we've we got? We've got an old school counted by Edge, but then take a roll through to an arm drag, which I thought was quite impressive. Yeah, that that was quite good because that to me shows that take that would say to me Taker has like watched previous matches because mm. normally old school always gets coward, yeah. always. Mm. But this time he's kind of it's like he knew that was going to happen. It was quite good. I thought that was all right. Like lowering him in. Yeah, and then Taker rolls outside, and Edge basically doing anything he can to keep him outside, mm. like baseball slides stuff like. That. And he does one bit. He does a neck breaker. So while Taker's on the apron and Edge is in the ring, he like does like a swinging neck breaker, but onto the ropes. Yeah, I, I noticed that. I put weird neck breaker by Edge over yeah. the top rope while Taker is on the apron. Not sure if I liked it or not. Yeah, I've literally wrote, not sure how to feel about that. Because um, <laughs> Taker lands on his feet, doesn't he? In Yeah, kind of. He sort of like lands on his arse on the apron. Yeah. But it was like, I don't know if that was good or just shit. Now, considering mm. I've never seen anybody do it ever again, I'm assuming they thought it looked shit. It did look shit in hindsight because obviously you want the effect of a net break. Someone's like, "Oh shit, my neck!" You land on your back. It doesn't look good when you, you know, you think, "Right, I've got a really sore neck. Let's walk it off." Yeah, but again, like, yeah, I, I, I understand that. But if you like, if you land with your neck on the rope, so it kind of like tweaks your neck, doesn't it? Like whiplashes you know I mean? your head, yeah. Yeah. That so, uh, you know, I was trying to, I was trying to figure this out in my head, like. It probably would hurt. Would it hurt as much as a regular net breaker? I don't know. But I can see Edge's thought process for doing it. 
Yeah, you may as well try it out. It's not going to hurt otherwise. You know, it's not going to it... hurt you, is it? So yeah, I mean, considering it, you know, it's not like a big move in the match. It's not that important, but it was just, it was just something a bit different. And you know, if you're going to do something like that. No, maybe maybe he's tried it at a couple of house shows to see what the reaction was like or whatever, or see if people thought, that, oh yeah, it looks all right. Why not break it out now? I mean, it's it's the biggest match of his career, really. Well, so, you know, you're going to pull out all the stops. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but like I said, I'm I'm I'm, un- I'm unsure. Uh, so Taker goes for his. Well, the first big spot of the match, really, does the signature dive. Oh, that's after he's dumped Edge off the top rope to the outside. Yeah. Yeah. That looked a sick bump for Edge, by the way. <laughs> he proper fuds against that floor. I was looking through my notes to see if I could spot that. <laughs> um, Edge drops on the second of the guardrail, then gets him back inside. Starts trying to wear him down with like a single leg crab. <clears throat> no, I, I will note though, the single leg crab shit. I'll come on to that. But the the move onto the bar, the move outside. Mm. Um, well, dropped Taker dropped into the front row. Yeah, where Taker dropped into the front row. That little the the little well, I'd call it a backdrop. I assume they call it a back suplex or something now. I thought that was quite nice. That was quite tasty because Taker started to sell the lower back. Yeah. When he come back in, and that move was specifically targeting his lower back, which is also stopping him from doing the last ride and the tombstone. And I thought that that was quite nice. It was good psychology that. And it, you know, it, 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 fit, it fits in with the ultimate opportunist gimmick as well. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was quite nice. I did quite enjoy that. Yeah, it is good. That's good storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it fits with the gimmick for Edge, really, I think, doesn't it? Because he's, he's, he's trying to be the one in control of the match yeah. rather than Taker. So it's trying to work, like, stop him from doing the old, do the choke slam or the old school or last ride by working down the back like people should be, really be doing. Yeah. Is like that or the knees, the legs, whatever, is that key of Taker, really. Mm. Yeah. No, always say, you know, you take the big man down, you know, is in your mm. is in your is in your area. You take away his his advantage. Yeah. Yeah. The single leg crab, I just thought looked terrible. Yeah, they never look good. The single leg anything. No, it just it, it like oh, I won't mind, but part way through, like almost immediately, he kind of bails on the whole like being sat over like the full Boston crab and moves to driving his knee into Taker's back, which mm. I get. But you're relieving the pressure that you're trying to build up on his yeah. back by doing that. So that it just looked like I don't know whether it was like a bad decision to use that move. You know, like if he'd gone for like a normal Boston Crab, maybe, or you know, if you if you have to stick a rest hold in there, which is what I'm assuming they decided to do. You know, I would have picked something a little bit more suiting the the two guys that are in the ring. You know what I'm, I mean? I'm guessing that was partially probably done just to... He works it to a single leg play just for what happens next, which is when Taker counters. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. So... Yeah, 
take a Carter's into a pin for two. And then I don't know what the fuck he was trying to do after that, though. I've literally put then some kind of leg triangle what? It didn't make any sense because he tries to re-counter. He counters the counter into like another submission, but I couldn't tell you what the fuck it was supposed to be. Fuck knows. Uh, snake eyes, followed by Edge hitting a drop kick. Yeah, goes for a take... choke slam. Yep. So Taker goes for the big boot on the sequence, but obviously Edge mm. counters it with, like, say, with the drop count, goes for a two count, which Coachman then sells Edge being like the ultimate opportunist by saying that he has Taker scouted, pointing out that normally how Taker normally follows snake eyes with a big boot yeah so obviously it follows on to the, the point we made before about taker scouting people countering the you know these the uh old school mm. so which means yeah. it's obviously he's pointing out that they've both scouted each other yeah yeah so i did quite this it's the only positive i've got from coachman don't don't get me wrong we're back to all your regular shitting on coachman service right now <laughs> but but yeah <laughs> I know I've, what you mean, because... Go on. I was going to say, I've not managed to pick up any commentary, because just coachman balls the piss out of me on commentary. Yeah, it's one so. of those... It's... You know, I say, if you if you can... Sometimes, if you can block out commentary, like, especially if it's coachman, or if it's... Like, fucking... Um, Byron Saxton, he's one. David Otunga, he needs ignoring... You know what I mean? There's there's certain commentators who you just need to ignore. Yeah. Because they, they make a match worse rather than enhancing it. They distract you from it. Um, I mean, Lawler, to me, I fucking can't stand Lawler. But, <laughs> but you get you got the good you got some good commentators at the minute as well though. You know you've got um um Mauro Ranello. Ronello's good, but he's yeah. on NXT. He's different. It's true. And you, you've also got Malfuck Tom as well. So, please tell me you know what Malfuck Tom is. I have no idea. Malfuck Tom. He's Tom Phillips on SmackDown. All right, okay. He, want, he wants a textile woman on a plane and got found out about it. And they basically um, told this woman to uh, they, he wanted to, um, to fuck her mouth. All right, okay. Hence, Malfuck Tom. I remember that coming out, but I don't. Yeah. I can't recall the guy. He's a he's he's a lead he's a lead commentator on SmackDown. Oh right. He is now. So and then Corey Graves, who was good, is now just infuriating now. <laughs> but yeah, so Edge counter, yeah, Snake Eyes went for the big boot. Edge countered with a drop kick, and then Edge gets caught coming off the top rope. Taker goes for the choke slam. Edge counters it twice. And the second time he counters it into a DDT for the two count. Which I thought, again, it was, it was, you know, building the psychology that, you know, Edge has got you scouted. Edge is, you know, he knows what he's doing. This is why he was so confident. Yeah. You know, he, he's he's got it all figured out. You know, Undertaker's been doing the same thing for over a decade. You're going to, you're going to get found out eventually. Do you know what I mean? And it made it it made Edge seem even more legitimate the more times he counted stuff. It was like 
yeah, he he could do. He is going to do this. He's you know he's he's got it. He's got it made almost. Yeah, it's I mean? to the point. He's the most credible threat because he knows exactly what Taker's going to do. Yeah, yeah. So, and also, well, sp- speaking of uh, f- things that have been done again, Edge goes for the ten corner punches, but gets countered into the last ride. Shock horror. So, well, 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 you, you've done him a disservice here. Because you get the DDT for the two count for Edge, but then Taker gets a choke slam for two, then goes for old school, which gets counted again. Edge then hits a superplex for two. Last ride, counted into a neck breaker for two. Then he actually gets hit with the last ride for two. So he's counted one already. So, you know, don't do a disservice here. Because then Taker goes for a tombstone and he counters that. Into the what I believe was the Edgematic. Yeah, and they never mentioned the name of uh, it on commentary, did they? But it was like the Edgematic or something like, or the Educator or something. The Educator was a submission. There was the Edgematic, which I think is this. There was the Execution, which was like the Impaler DDT type thing. And then there were, but so I think I'm right, but I'm not sure. <laughs> the Edgematic was the pullback. Yeah, yeah, no. that's what he does because he's because he gets him up for the tombstone, and he flips over the top and dra- takes his head with him. But then he had the the DDT started off as the buzz killer, which then became it was briefly, I'm sure it was briefly the execution. Yeah, yeah, and then got renamed to the something else. And when he started doing the submission, they first called it the figure four edge lock. And then that became Ew. that became that became the ed- educator, yeah. So <laughs> sounds like a shit Pokemon. What? <laughs> Your educator is evolving. It's now the education. <laughs> but no, there's a big boot. They both go for like a double big boot here, and it's kind of botched, from what I remember. Um, or this from what I've got written down, and we'll get another old school attempt, which finally connects. Yeah. Uh, and Taker kills the ref. Uh, sh- I haven't written down why he killed the ref. I don't I know. If he just kills the ref. I think, it, I think it's, it's just. Uh, it runs into an, him. I think it's just in a, it, not probably meant to be a ref bump, but just yeah, ref gets killed. Yeah, it's manslaughter. It's, man, it's manslaughter. Ref death. This one, because it wasn't intended. <laughs> Drive by ref death. Absolutely. So it's an edge hits some form of a DDT. Um, no, but edge chat shits caught in the throat, but edge nails a low below. Yeah, he gets goozled. Yeah. Yep, smashed in the dick. Fucking, fucking goozled. Yeah. <laughs> Bugger, Bugger Red gets goozled. Yeah. The Edge um, then grabs a camera and redoes a spot that he did in the Elimination Chamber for continuity. Uh, Survivor Series, actually. Or Survivor Series. But yes, mm-hmm. it's... it's it, I, I don't mind that. Yeah, I like it. Camera. I thought it was quite good. I quite like that. 
he's, um, he's doing he's the ultimate opportunities opportunities doing something that worked previously which yeah. makes sense well you say he does something previously that works for him but then the next bit doesn't mm. well the you mean the uh, you see that you've got a, the next thing that happens is the ref falls out the ring so the refuse <laughs> The referee's supposed to be unconscious, literally slips out of the ring. Yeah. And the commentary's like, oh, he he, he must know where he is. He just fell out of the ring. It's unconscious. Like, it, you know you it, know what happens when, ref, when ref, refs die? There's still some, there is some electronic sort of signals that still go off in the brain. And sometimes you may think they're alive, but they're just twitching. And this is what has happened. It's like Devon selling, is what you're telling me. Yeah, he's he's got yeah he's having, he's having a spasm, he's got the yeah. Devon leg twitch. Yeah, <laughs> he's just fucked him out of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Edge goes for the tombstone, dumbass. And he gets yeah. countered for two. Yeah, after little Nate. Little Nate runs. Little, little Nate well, with the run. Hold on. He you've was set, fucked. You've got to you've got to set this up properly. Out comes Nate. <laughs> Nature's still running to the ring. <laughs> Taker looks on. <laughs> nope, he's still not getting any closer. <laughs> Finally runs in. One, two, kick out. Yeah. I've, I've, I've written down Little Nature runs to the ring like the opening scene from Cool Runnings. <laughs> This is that bit from Holy Grail, does less camp. <laughs> oh, the fact is, he nearly falls when he's running as well. Oh, that would be amazing. Falls and knocks Brilliant. himself. Falls and knocks himself out. <laughs> the thing is, being a ref, he would have had to sell it like he'd just been clotheslined or something, and like just be totally done. <laughs> So um, out, out come the edge heads. Took yeah. out of a choke slam. In a spot that I didn't really like, because if one of them's getting on the apron, surely both of them are going to get on the apron. You know what I mean? It it just like, mean he was clearly stood waiting for the other guy to get choke slammed into him. It just means that I'm going to hit takers just there going, I'll hit him, motherfucker. Yeah. It just, yeah. Yeah, he should have just picked up fucking Ryder by his ankles and just used him as a club. <laughs> <laughs> that'd have been more. That'd be interesting. Yeah, but then uh, spear by Edge for two, spear again, and then he gets counted into the Hell's Gate, which was a new move. Which was new and shit. Yeah. <sighs> I hate submissions that have no legitimacy. Well, yeah, he's just having a nap on his leg. Yeah. Well, apparently, at the end of this match, obviously, obviously we get the submission here. Edge has blood running out of his mouth, and at Keyfabe, the Hell's Gate did internal damage, and everyone bled from the mouth after getting nailed by it at this moment in time. And then obviously, they got rid of the blood. But at this moment in time, when it was introducing it, they put, tried to put it over by the fact that it gave you internal bleeding somehow. It, well, they, if I remember when he first started doing it, when they called it by its proper name, like the is it the Ulma platter or the Gogo platter or whatever it's called? Go-go. Yeah, it's the Gogo platter. platter. Uh, the problem with it, 
the problem is, is he's supposed to have hold of his own foot to close and he, it. And he doesn't. No, because he wraps his own leg over his own foot, which pulls his foot and shin, which is what he's choking the guy with, away from his throat. So there's there's not there's literally what the what they're trying to say is that Taker's got hold of the back of his head and is pulling his throat onto his shin. Mm. Yeah? That's that's the idea. But you can easily slip your head out of that. You have hair. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is slippy. So which is why you would normally grab your foot and then pin your elbow to your knee. Mm. So why would a choke give you internal bleeding? It wouldn't. <laughs> it's a choke. Like, it's, uh, I was going to say they they went from calling it the the uh, go-go, go-go platter and they went from being I think it was the devil's triangle and then they went from being the devil's that triangle. Just, devil's into... triangle. The devil's triangle just sounds like a way another name for a. For a for a for a for a It was it, it was it was <laughs> the uh, triangle. It was Taz or Coach or one of them like calling it on the time, possibly JBL on SmackDown or whoever whoever was doing commentary. Like um, they saw a take a take going for the Devil's Triangle, and then the other would chime in, go, "Yo, it's that Go Go Platter." Like, no, you can't say that because it's MMA. We're we're separate from UFC, so we don't we can't say that. It has to be the Devil's Triangle, and then change it to Hell's Gate because it went all PG. Otherwise known as Michelle McCool. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Devil's Triangle, Michelle McCool. So, I like it. But so, yeah. No. The thing well, is, no, I was just gonna say, if you if that's what you if that's what you want to do, just do a triangle. Mm. Just do a triangle choke. Because at the end of the day, I've had. I've been in a triangle choke that created that much pressure in my head that it caused me to have a nosebleed. Yeah. So you want to stay, you know, oh, well, everybody has like bleeding from, you know, the hell's gate. Just do a triangle and put blood coming out of the nose caused by the pressure. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that puts pressure on your carotid arteries, mm-hmm. yeah? which is why, you, which is why on numerous occasions I've gone unconscious in triangles. Yeah. But, that would make more that that makes more sense. It's safe to do. It's legit looking than doing this fucking stupid thing. Yeah. And you could it could and it has the set exactly the same effect, but it's legitimate and it looks better. It looks legitimate. So that's what pisses me off about the Hell's Gate because you pick something that you can't even make look right. It's like the whole, oh, he broke his arm with the Kimura. No, he's not even got anywhere close to that even being on. And you can clearly see it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. You I know, agree. even untrained people can clearly see, no, that's bullshit. Yeah. Well, it's more the fact that they make it seem as if, um, with that, it's like it makes it seem as if they, they've got it as if, like, Brock can choose when he's gonna break their arm. Yeah, which is yeah. just fucking stupid. Yeah, because there is no, it's not that easy. <laughs> so. But, yeah, I just it pisses me off. So I'm just 
I hate that move. I fucking hate it. Like, it just looks like someone's having a sleep on the leg. I, yeah. You know, not for me. You ruined the match for me, if I'm honest. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I've, I've put a closing statement saying, really good match. The story told of Edge having done his homework and knowing what Taker was going to do next was told fantastically. It had a vibe that Edge could win at any time. The action picked up brilliantly, coming to a brilliant and natural crescendo. It also made Edge look like a star with Taker needing every finishing move in his arsenal to bring Edge down. Yeah. So, over. Go on, mate. No, no, no. It's it, go on. I'll let you finish. I'm done. I'm done. Go on. I was just gonna say. I mean, I I agree. I enjoyed the story told. I I enjoyed the beginning of the match. I enjoyed the middle of the match. I fucking hated the end. This match would be ten times better if Edge goes for a tombstone and gets countered, and then there's a free count. Yeah, I didn't need to. See, I didn't need Hawkins and Ryder coming out. They added nothing. I didn't need the Hell's Gate because it adds nothing. And to be honest, I didn't need the added like the the. I understand like why you did the ref bump, but I don't think it again. I, and I, it, it allowed Edge to do the camera shot, but. You know, little nature runs out. Fine, even if you did the two, even if you still did the two there after that tombstone, yeah, have Edge set, you know, and then he picks him back up. You know, Edge, I don't know, either goes for a low blow or you know hits some kind of quick counter, goes for a, goes for his finish, and then he gets counted into another tombstone, yeah, something like that. Uh, you know. I just think that I didn't need I didn't need Hawkins and Ryder I didn't need the Hell's Gate. It would have been a nice for another for a Tombstone finish, and it, I think both men would have come out looking better than they did having all this faff right at the end. It just it made it became too complicated. It was too much. It was the match between Taker and Edge was great, and I just wanted more of that. I didn't need garnish. It's, it's like when you get a burger and then they stick a side salad on it. Oh, I'm not going to eat the fucking side salad. I'm going to eat my burger. I'm going to eat my chips. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that's just me. I just I, I, I just felt I felt like I didn't need it. That's fair. Can I hear you, Coxie? You are muted. Coxie's got on mute. I put myself on mute because you were talking. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, the fucking it was a bit sort of almost like an overbooked finish. Yeah, like, apart, apart it, from the finish, yeah. It yeah. It didn't need all the bullshit toward the end. Like, yeah, I've have the referee run out, have him kick out, or whatever, and repeat the tombstone or last ride or whatever but just finish is pointless the sub well the submission is pointless like just stop doing it yeah like 
think about it this way. This is the first submission victory in the street. Yeah. But <laughs> did that did that make it seem more legitimate? No. No, no, not at all. It'd have been better doing the frigging dragon sleeper if he was going for a submission victory. Yeah, at least he's got a history with that. <laughs> that's it. That's some, it, like I, the, the again. I, the argument's going to be is because it's pulled it. He's pulled it out as like a brand new or kind of like a brand new move that Edgewater scouted it. But by this point in the match, it don't. It, it doesn't matter. We're that far in. We're that deep in. You know, Edge could be. You could. You could play as Edge is running on empty. You know, mm. and he just he can't find that one last counter, which would have been so much better because that could feed into then Edge's psyche going forward that, you know, I was this close. You know, I, I, rather than like all these, like they did it. They did it when they started doing like, oh, it's take a Triple H again this year and take a Triple H again this year and Triple H they're like I was this close. This time we'll do it in Hell in a Cell or whatever. No. Triple H, you never felt like you were close. You never felt like you were going to win. This could have played it. You could have played into it because Edge did feel like he was close to winning. Edge did feel like he was on top and he was in control. And that could that could have built another story arc for another twelve months between getting Mm. back to this point and facing Taker again Mm. at WrestleMania because he was this close to ending the streak. And that one time when he didn't have the energy to counter, he got beat. Yeah. I just think that would have told a brilliant story. For And you told a fantastic story in this match, and you got another 12 months of it being brilliant. Yeah. You know, and as, as we've seen in the past, long builds lead to fucking great payoffs. Yes, they do. When they do it right. Fucking brilliant payoffs. So when they put the effort in. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't tell me that Edge ain't going to put the effort in because that guy was fucking dedicated to this. Absolutely. Job. Say what you want, but he fucking loved wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> and Taker does too, so... There you go. Well, uh, Taker gets the win via submission in 23.49. Well, it yeah. felt about his time. Yeah, it's but it, it, it felt about his time, but it was... It was it, in, it was good. Uh, it, yeah, it was really good, except for that last, like, probably three minutes. It was excellent. Mm. Yeah, it I really agree. was. So out of ratings, I've given it four out of five. It yeah, I'll give it a four. See, I've given it a three purely because of that finish. I think if 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 we'd stopped it, like I'd said, this would have easily been a four, if not higher. For me, I did. I did. I, I mean, I'm not an Edge fan, but I came out of this thinking, yeah, I, I, I get it now. I never understood why he, people fawned over him and thought he was, you know, I, did, I never yeah. even understood why he was main event. You, you, to me, you sound like here. Uh, you sound like Frank, and it's always sunny on season 13. Well, with uh, Matt, where he's like the whole gay thing, and then uh, Frank's like, I don't get it. Then spoiler alert, the whole bit at the end, like the five minute like ballet sequence. Uh, I get it. I finally get it. 
<laughs> like, that's that's you that's you and Edge at this point in time. Like you've just watched that match. And you're, I get it. I found the get Edge. <laughs> yeah, that, genuinely, that's how I feel. That's how I felt after watching this match. Like I genuinely was. I mean, I was sat there and you know, I'm sat on the couch feeling sorry for myself. I've been sick, and I'm like, fucking hell, yeah, that's it. That that's the whole. And now everything Edge did. Makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Because up until this point, and up until seeing that match, I just thought, he's a bit shit, isn't he, really? <laughs> you know, he was in the main event because, well, John Cena doesn't really have anybody else to feud with. Oh, mm. okay, then. But now it's like, ah, <laughs> I, yeah, that's why. That yeah. is why he was in the main event. That's why out of Edge and Christian, he became the fucking one who did something. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, yeah. That, that that was the match that did that for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and that was the last time Taker thought for the belt at Mania. Yeah, he doesn't need it. No, nope. like I say, at this point, the streak became more than the belt, so... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Oh God. Have we got rate? Uh, uh, are we doing ratings for the whole for the whole lot for the for the six? For the whole six, it's a two out of five. Yeah, I got to a two as well. I did it mathematically and got a two. <laughs> There's a lot of. It's, it's a very like I said at the beginning of the episode. It's a very mixed bag. You've got some absolutely brilliant matches. You've also got some utter shite in there as well. This free de- the thing is, it's improving if you look at it. Like Overall, last time, last, last time we all, we had like a couple of decent matches. You know, for you know the first set, you had one match that you would say was even passable, and now you've had, and then you've had like two. Now you've got three. Decent matches, you know. It, it it's 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 weird that almost the older he's got, the more matches we're seeing that almost because he's thinking, you know, I've got to go a bit more balls to the wall here. Each time he's kind of stepping it up a little bit. So I, I'm, it's quite good. Yeah, I can't I can't I can't disagree with that. You know, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of shit in the street. But there's so, there are some there's some little gems in there as well. Yeah, I agree. Definitely some especially, gems. Especially what we're heading towards now. Yeah, that's true. But no spoilers. Yes, yeah, so we'll cover those in week four of the road to WrestleMania. Alright, last six matches. Yay. <laughs> Uh, this, the next four should be no spoilers, but it should be a lot more enjoyable. And we'll say no more. Indeed. So that's going to wrap it up for part three of our 2019 Road to WrestleMania covering The Streak. Uh, before we go, give yourself some plugs, boys. You got to go first, book call? Yeah. Um, if you've enjoyed listening to my voice, as much as I enjoy listening to my voice, you can hear me on the Gunpowder Treason No Plot podcast, 
available on all good pods crap Blah. damn it available on all good podcast providers that's Coxie putting me off because I see him on my computer screen the bastard and you can follow them on Twitter at treason no <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! You can also hear me on the um, on Random Maths Discussion RAD Live. You can find us on Twitter at UK RAD Podcast. You can find us in all the good podcast catching places such as Spotify, Spreaker, iTunes, and many other good places. We're on Facebook as well. It doesn't get updated very much, but we're on there. Um, and you can also follow uh, Steve the Betrayer on. Um, on Twitter at Steve GTNP, where he, um, yeah, he still doesn't like many people. <laughs> he's plotting and he's waiting and he's laughing a lot at this moment in time. Well, there we go. So, uh, of course, you can find a lost art of wrestling on uh, Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at LAOW Podcast. Uh, you can find us on all good podcast providers, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all we like. Um, give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, leave a review, all that shit. Throw so, in uh, money. Throw money at us, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That's about it. So for the last start of wrestling, I've been Coxie. I've been Billy the Boy Bunkle. And I've been TFG. And this is the podcast where we ask, who better than Canyon?
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.